0: how and why to market to the 50 plus crowd is the million dollar question. Welcome to the Alloy personal training business podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Jay Croft. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, listen, I'm excited to have you on finally. Um, for those of you out there listening that don't know Jay, Jay, geez, Jay, how do I describe you? I don't even know. Like, uh, well, inter- most interesting man in the world. Like how, how do you want me to definitely
1: go? in the top three in top okay. of the most interesting top men three. in the world,
0: but you know, I'm humble. So, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go. go with top three. I okay. like that. Good. I good. like that. Yeah. And Jay, you create content. What well, I'll tell you what, let's take a step back. Yeah. Who the hell is Jay? Give us a little bit, you know, the, the, the crop duster height view of yeah. who you are, where you came from and what it is that you do. So we can set some context for these folks.
1: Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. Good, good to be here. Good to see you. I haven't seen you since before obviously since before the pandemic was it that long yeah
0: that year went quick man i did it how did you go backwards in age i'm not sure jay walked in here and he looked like he was all he's been doing is working out at home so you came out of your cave man you're like a rocky movie training at home in solitude and you come out all buff and ready to take on the world
1: huh pretty much that was my strategy for the Well, it worked out i was shocked Thank you.
0: you. It's like, (laughs) damn, what happened to you? That's awesome. Well, okay. So, what's your background, and uh, and what do you do in the fitness space? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, So, my background is I'm a professional communicator, uh, a writer, editor, content creator. I spent about twenty years in daily newspapers as a reporter and editor, and the last ten or eleven were here in Atlanta at the Journal Constitution. So, I was a metro news reporter. And then I was a features editor and a website editor. And then uh, when the internet and smartphones and social media and Craigslist came along and essentially killed the newspaper industry, I was in my forties and suddenly had to find a new way to make a living, as did most of the people I worked with. You know, many many journalists lost their their careers when that happened. So I kind of stumbled into corporate communications. And I spent a few years working at some of Atlanta's blue chip giant corporations in their corporate communications and marketing departments, where I sort of learned a new way to apply the skills that go into gathering information, talking to all kinds of people about all kinds of things, and then producing relevant and compelling content for an audience, which is, largely what being a newspaper editor and reporter was about. Different, of course, when you're in a corporate environment. I did that for a while. Got to be about 50, and a few things happened, coalesced, shortly after I turned 50. Funny how that works. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding, right? Well, first of all, professionally, I realized that corporate life was not for me. Uh, I don't know if you've, I don't think you've ever had a corporate job. You've been doing Mm, this your whole life. This is the only
0: job I've ever had.
1: Yeah. Well, good for you. I, I loved being a newspaper reporter. It was all I ever wanted to do, all I ever wanted to, to be. And so when that went away, I just kind of fell into this corporate life, which I had never once thought about or wanted. And turns out I wasn't very good at it. And I was always a fish out of water. And After a few years of feeling like, "Eh, this is not how I want to spend the rest of my working years, uh, I decided to be, be a freelancer. And after a short time of kind of fumbling my way through how to get started and established as a freelancer, I decided to focus on a few key topics of expertise and interest, things that were relevant to me that I cared about, regardless of whether someone was paying me. And one of them was fitness. And Around that time, again, early 50s, I started to realize that the fitness industry was no longer particularly interested in me. Now, let me back up and say I'm not a fitness trainer. I'm not an expert. I have no no, no special training in fitness, but I've always been a fitness consumer. And suddenly to, to get into my 50s and become invisible, you know, when they don't even see you anymore, they're not ignoring you because they don't even see you. It's like, okay, this is interesting. It was reminded me of the first year that I watched the Grammy Awards and had no idea who those people were, you know, <laughs> right? Because you're young and there's the Eagles and there's Fleetwood Mac and there's Stevie Wonder. And then suddenly there's all these people. You're like, who the hell are they? You know, because you realize that you're not in the target audience anymore. And so I realized that I was not in the target audience for fitness. I looked into it did my due diligence as a reporter and found that the fitness industry is ignoring baby boomers, which, which I am a baby boomer. And, um, they're youth obsessed, man. If you're not 25 and looking for a six pack or a young girl trying to get in shape for her sorority reunion, then as far as they're concerned, you're in the old folks home batting balloons back and forth out of your chairs. Right. Right. So I looked into it, met a lot of interesting people, including you. You were among the first people I met in the industry and uh, decided that that was a way I could contribute was to help you and people like you reach more people who were over 50, over 60, 70 years old and help you show them how to live their best lives. Yeah.
0: I mean I love it because when we first met we had learned just from 30 years in the business by doing personal training which creates a higher price threshold, it pushes you older in the age bracket, mm-hmm. right? Just because you know again one great thing about getting a little longer in the tooth is that you've amassed enough wealth to That's afford right. nicer things right and one of those nicer things is a nice service of personal training plus the fact that we we had structured our business knowing that that was our clientele or learning it organically so that we could service those people well so we could mm-hmm. service a guy like you who's in great shape and you hate to say this like air quotes for your age but i mean really um, someone who's still really fit, young at heart, mm-hmm. can do all the things they want to do, right? But doesn't really. None of the other fitness brands, like you said, they don't speak to them, right? Right. And you might have an injury. So, like, if you've, I mean, shoot, this happens you know, certainly with younger folks as well. But if you reach, you know, mid forties and up, and you've been active in your life or you want to be, you're going to get tweaked. You know, you're going to yeah. have a little back thing or a knee thing, or you know, have a ski accident, you have shoulder right. thing, or you twist your ankle playing pickup basketball. I mean, it happens, right? And they start to become more of an issue as you as you age because you lose a little mobility and you lose a little function and then that leads to less exercise and all these things just snowball so mm-hmm. what we were doing is we had a relevant fitness offering for that crowd because it was personal training and we learned how to scale it and train people in small groups we could keep right. the cost down right but that was our crowd. And so when we first met, it's like, wow, you create content for the, the exactly the audience yeah. that we're going after. And then when we moved to franchising, we, we did a lot more demographic studies mm-hmm. and learned what you know, which is there's a massive gap, right? There's this huge yeah. underserved market that has 70% of the nation's disposable income. Right? There's very few marketing dollars spent there because the people that do market there, they go real, like you said, they're batting balls around at the old folks home yeah. where it's like silver Fox fitness, you know, and they have oh. this convoluted machine that's supposed to increase your bone density. And a guy like myself or a guy like you are like, no, you know, I was just telling a story the other day about how, you know, you still think like you're young. I was at a a local football field over the summer and there was a couple of minor league baseball players out there and they were like in their early twenties. Right. And I was running sprints because that's good for keeping you young and keeping you mildly athletic. And I'm certainly not fast, but I don't move maybe as slow as I should at my age. And so one of the kids, you know, cause I had on a, a hat and sunglasses, so he thought I was younger than I was. And he's like, Hey man, what are you training for? And I'm like, I'm 50, you know? And he's like, <laughs> dude, my dad's 50. I'm like, yeah, I know. You know? So we yeah. started laughing. These guys are like 22, 23 yeah. years old. So I'm on my last sprint. Right. And they're like, Hey man, you want to race? And of course, deep down, I'm thinking this is a terrible idea. Like I'm already yeah. sore. Right. Bad idea, but of course the sixteen-year-old me is like, yeah, bring it, you know. Yeah. So we line up and race, you know. And I, one guy beats me, but I beat the other guy, and they're like, oh, that's awesome, you know. Yeah. And they're like, one more, one more, and I'm and I'm already feeling that little bit of tinge, like I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, my hamstrings just uh-huh. starting to bark at me a little bit. Yeah. But, of course, my ego gets the best of me. I'm like, all right, game on. Yeah. So we race again. Well, same thing. You know, the, Now the other guy beats me that's motivated, but I beat the other guy. But right when I hit the finish line, the sniper got me, shot me right in the hamstring. Oh. You, know, you know, and I'm like, or burp, you know, I jump up yeah, in the air. Yeah. Um, not not really bad, but, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm out, boys. That's yeah, it. And they're like, cover. yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, to them, it was like, whoa, that was awesome. Like this old yeah. dude, like, you know, yeah. beat us in these sprints or whatever. Of course, I'm laid up for a week and they're probably back at <laughs> it the next day. That's one of the differences. But right. that's the mentality. Yes. Of Of sort of, you know, maybe like an A player, like one of our archetypes in the franchise is called a mover and a shaker. Mm -hmm. That's like a successful entrepreneur that, you know, still likes to, you know, do hiking trips in the Alps or skiing in Aspen and drives a nice car and considers themselves young at heart and doesn't want to, you know, go to the old folks home and and, to your point, bat the ball around. so. But very few brands were doing a good job servicing that crowd or speaking to them relevantly right So when we met I thought wow what a what a great match So yeah. what I would really like to dig into yeah. you know at least in this conversation because we could probably talk for hours yeah. but to keep it short is like how do you speak to this crowd relevantly without, sounding like you're a brand that because if you know this if you do go a too old Mm -hmm. right you're going to miss the sort of a players right Mm -hmm. and they're going to want to go and try crossfit or something with their buddies and they're Mm going to end up getting shoulder injuries or whatever those things are so how would you tell the audience and me how do you speak to this crowd relevantly without losing them to a too old of a message if that makes sense
1: yeah, sure. Happy to happy I could, again I could talk about it all day because uh it's really interesting to me. There are a couple of buckets and, and you know this better than I do. You mentioned the word archetypes. I'm glad you did because that's really important to think about. And everybody out there listening to this is gonna have their own archetypes. I have clients in my business, which I guess I should tell you about businesses, but that pursue, you know, their their archetype, their ideal client is a sixty-year-old woman. And there are others who uh, want eighty five year old people who are just you know still wanting to take care of themselves, and then there are others who want those type A guys who are or and women too who are still doing the triathlons and still will kick your ass and you know are just so driven and focused, but like all of us, they've twisted their ankle they've had a hip replacement they're pre-diabetic, whatever it is that just happens in life right so I look at it as they're, they're being a for me. Uh, in what I do, there are a couple of broad groups, and one is that Type A of person. I guess you could say you and me—we've been fit all our lives. We're comfortable walking into a strange gym in a strange city. We don't really know what we don't need someone to hold our hand or show us. But we also might want to hire a trainer or a, a you know go into a group setting to get that kind of extra level of guidance, right, or coaching. And then the other one is, the unfortunately, the larger group of people who have never done anything physical. As you know, most Americans do nothing, absolutely nothing. And then they, they spend 40 years going to, the, to work and raising the kids and cleaning the house and paying the mortgage. Suddenly, they're in this age group where they're 60 or so or 65 or 55 or what have you, and they're starting to notice that their bodies are changing in ways that they don't really like. And the kids are gone and they're starting to have grandkids and maybe they're retired and they've got more time on their hands. They've got more money on their hands. The wife is saying, hey, remember we said we'd always, you know, go hiking through the whatever in Switzerland or we'd always do that pilgrimage in Spain or, well, the kids are grown. Now's the time. Let's do it. But they can't go to the mall without getting exhausted, right? right? So those are the folks, the other kind of group that have not always been athletic and don't really know what they're doing, but are still motivated by these really powerful forces that compel them to seek a better life and that you can help them with and that people who are are listening to this can help them with. So that's one thing, I think, is to realize that we're not talking about one giant niche. This is 100 million people in our country alone, and it's similar forces in all the other English-speaking countries in the world. We're talking about 100 million people, and if the only thing that unites them is that they're over 50. Well, that's not really very much. So you got to realize that there are some different archetypes even within that. I don't even get go down that deep to call them archetypes. I just tend to think of them as buckets. That's sort of the what works no, for me. No, we, we use that term all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whatever works for you. But broadly, I really... I've struggled with the, the words to describe the market a lot. And I know a lot of people do. I hope they do. I hope they struggle with it. I hope they put some thought into it. Because it's really easy to inadvertently offend a client or a prospect or just a person you encounter by our age bias. We're all, you know, we all have a bias against getting older in this country. In our society, it's looked at as a sickness and something to be afraid of and something to be tender or gentle with. And it can be very off-putting. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples just out of my life. And I'm sure you have some of your own or anyone listening to this probably does. My stepfather who passed two and a half years ago was uh, a NASA scientist. He was literally a rocket scientist at NASA, a brilliant man with accomplishments, you know, a mile long. Well, by the time he met my mother, he was probably in his sixties, and he had white hair and wire rimmed glasses, and looked like the man in Up, the you know the cartoon, the, the great cartoon movie from, from Pixar. Frankly, he was adorable. He looked like a cute little old man, but he wasn't. He was he was a brilliant, cranky, uh, funny, charming, annoying, smelly, burpy, farty guy like everybody right. is, right? right. Yep. And one time at a restaurant, the waitress walked up to him and touched him on the arm and said, well, aren't you just the cutest? Oh, no. You know, and he just was like, no, I'm not. You know, Take us to our table.
0: We've talked about the stages of, of a guy. Like we joke about that here where like, you know, when you're, when you're a baby, you're cute, yeah. right? And then you get a little older, you know, and then maybe you get in, if you're lucky, you get into your late teens. And if you're you know, you get your genetics lottery, right? Then you're hot, you yeah. know? And then you're like maybe handsome, right? And then you age and then you could be like stately, <laughs> right. right? But it's, at some point you full circle back to cute, right? Mm-hmm. right, yeah. So it's
1: like, God, that's not, a, that's not a good term. That is not a good term. So some other ones that I don't like are anything golden or silver. Right. I just, that makes me cringe. The golden girls, Ugh, makes me cringe the silver i stole that from you by the way i used that in
0: one of my talks because i heard you talk about yeah. it the was it blanche was her name yeah so in golden girls if you guys haven't seen the show a lot of people like it like it hasn't been a resurgence it's apparently but, like yeah, a lot of people it's it's like super popular on. right now but yeah. basically it was like four widows right that moved into this retirement community in right. florida or something like that i might be butchering it but but blanche while that was being filmed because she was sort of like a widow, like a, like a matronly widower or something like that. They were all kind of
1: matronly, but she was the one who was kind of sexy. Right. But when that was filmed, she was 50 years old. She was 50 and she looked like she was 78.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 So, but you you contrast that with the current 50 year old, right. Which is Jennifer Aniston, JLo. I mean, you know, uh, Hugh Jackman, Mark Wahlberg. It's like you just can list these people off now because, it is true that 50 now is not at all what 50 was when, That's right. when the Golden Girls was shot in the early 80s or whenever yeah, that was. Yeah, that
1: was just the 80s. I did write about that after after Jennifer Lopez and Shakira did that Super Bowl show. Yeah, they're both in that age group. Right? Yeah, and yeah. look at them. Not yeah, only amazing. are they incredibly beautiful, but they're working hard and they're, in, right. and they're athletes. Yep. They might be entertainers, but they're athletes. Come yep. on. And then, yeah, the that actress who played on that show was 50. And it's just she looked a million years old. Yeah. Right. And then I went back and watched I never watched that show. It's not, not my thing. It was I've been aware of it, but I never really watched it. I Went back and watched an episode since then in the last few months. And it was all incontinence jokes and um <laughs> uh, inco- <laughs> just all these really, you know, can't stay awake and can't go to the bathroom and you know, can't have sex and all these really tired. Jokes about being old, which are offensive even if you're old, but these ladies were in their 50s. Right. Come on. And that was only in the 80s. This was not a long time ago. But it's reflective of the larger society and the broader market and that speaks to the buying power that you and I are talking about in, in going after this, this market for fitness. Because, you know, the way that we live now in our country is just different in so many ways. We live longer. We have better health care. We have better prescriptions. We don't die of work-related injuries as much. We don't die of a lot of cancers like we used to. We, you know, there's just, we all live longer, and we live healthier, and we live better lives. So all that's happened over the last few decades, as has the rise of the personal fitness industry, as you, you know, you're an embodiment of that. Well, I remember when running became a trend in the 70s. Right, right. Nobody ran before the late 70s when that became chic in Hollywood and then everybody started doing it. And then Jane Fonda came out with her workout tapes. Nautilus started going into every strip mall or every town in America had a Nautilus in a strip mall. Prior to that, our lifetime, people didn't exercise. And so, you know, they drank, they smoked, they ate crappy, they got angry, they watched TV, they died young. We're not... You know, we, not me and you, but we as a culture don't live like that anymore. And so being 50 doesn't mean you got 10 more good years left. It means you probably got 30 or 40, Mm -hmm. maybe even more. We don't know what's going to happen with all of this. So we all now have these really compelling reasons to want to be stronger and have agility and have endurance, basically just basic functional fitness. Everybody should be wanting that. And because it's going to mean that they're going to have a better quality of life. They're going to have more autonomy. They're going to avoid Alzheimer's. They're going to avoid falling. They're going to be able to enjoy the things that they like to do. Maybe that's athletics. I have one sister who's a triathlon, a triathlete, an Ironman triathlete. She's three years older than I am, so she's 60. She runs Ironman triathlons. My sister is a badass. Yep. And I have another sister who is a couple years older than she is who doesn't do anything like that. And the the difference between them in the, their genetics, they're practically the same person, but their lifestyles really illustrate, you know, the difference. One takes a lot of medication and smokes and doesn't have an optimal diet, and the other is a freaking Ironman triathlon, right? Right. So I say all that to say that a lot of us want more out of life than our parents got. My father died by the time he was my age. I'm 57. He died when he was 54. It was something to outlive my father, I tell you. But he chain smoked. He ate fried pork. He was angry all the time. He, uh, you know, never exercised, you know, on and on and on. Everything you're not supposed to do, he did to excess. A lot of that was because he was a product of his generation. I don't think we live like that anymore. No. So, your audience, my audience, is huge and they are hungry for your help and they're hungry for the kind of information that I can give them. And so that's what I tried to do with with my business, Prime Fit Content. So, I, like I said, I could go on about this all day.
0: No, all right. no, I mean, listen, I love to hear the passion around it. Yeah. We feel the same way. So, uh, um, we have an interesting philosophy. I don't want to run it by you, just get your thoughts on it okay. it's based on your expertise. So, when we first started even franchising, I found it interesting that I would be talking to even a franchise franchise candidate like someone who's going to buy the franchise they're not even the the consumer of the you know of the service right not as a customer and i remember talking to a guy and he was sort of this a player right movers and shakers is one of our archetypes he's based out of like you know the northeast he's been on wall street he does triathons he's you know really fit he does weights all the time so i'm telling him about our target market which is him essentially right And as I'm describing it, this is when I knew that probably we were missing a little bit on our message because he says at 60, oh, you mean so it's for old people? Mm -hmm. And then if you're 70, they would say the same thing. And if Mm -hmm. you're 80, maybe an old person's 100. I don't know. You're never old, right? You're never old. So even to the potential franchisee who's buying it as a business model, they don't see it as it's for them. And so we changed our messaging because that's not really what we are. We're not. I mean, I will tell you that we're literally – in this age category, strictly due to price threshold mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we flipped the script and we went more premium. And so what yeah. I always like to use as an analogy is an automobile. If you look at like, let's just use Porsche as an example. And and this probably makes me sound really dumb. Is it Porsche or Porsche? I always mess that up. Either one. All right. Let's just say Porsche. Sure. So if you are a, a, you know, a buyer or shopper of a, of a luxury car, $150,000 car, right? Yeah. Which is actually not that expensive these days, surprisingly. But if you looked at their average customer avatar, mm-hmm. it you know it's guys our age mm-hmm. again because we've amassed enough wealth typically to be able to buy a really nice automobile, right? right. But it's not like it's not cool to a 27 year old, right? They just typically can't afford it, right? Mm-hmm. They may not even be in a home yet. They may be having they may be living with two roommates. Mm-hmm. They're not going to buy a nine eleven, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to run out and buy the new GT3 911. Well, you're probably going to be in your 40s to 50s, right? right. Or maybe older, right? right? 60s, whatever. So we look at it as a premium service. So if we speak to our archetype of movers and shakers, and we're like, it's scientific, it's specificity, it's accountability, it's almost like, you know, once you build your brand around that, there's some brand equity for companies like Porsche. I mean, you could talk about like Lamborghini and Ferrari, but that's almost like our, you're a drug dealer in Miami kind of level, right? right. <laughs> but something that's like a, a you know a, a nice yeah. an Audi sports car sure. or something, you know, something that's maybe not so ostentatious, but it's still really nice. They're not not cool. They're just unaffordable for people that are younger. That's exactly right. what we do. So we've sort of tweaked our message, right? Because that's our clientele. We've got clients in here in our gyms and our corporately owned gyms that can kick the shit out of any younger individual, right? Male or female, um, and are in better shape and they look amazing. They look 20 years younger than they are. Right. Um, and they drive nice cars and they have great jobs and they have a ton of energy and it's like, okay, that's, that's our customer. And even if that's not our, I mean, we can certainly accommodate some of the other customer basis that you were talking about, the other buckets, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. that are not fit, at least it's an aspirational individual mm-hmm. in that age category. Right. Like if I'm 55 and I'm like kind of, you know, maybe I played sports in high school and I have you know, was on that uh, trajectory that you talked about with like family, kids, work, mortgage. Yeah. And all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, man, my ass is out of shape. Yeah. Right. And then I look at an ad or something from Alloy and I see a guy that's my age and he looks you know, like I want to look and he's Mm -hmm. living his best life. He's golfing, he's got money, he's successful. It's like, that's the guy I want to be. You know, I don't look at the 25 year old jacked kid who still lives with his mother and, Mm -hmm. you know, pimps protein powder on Instagram. Like Mm -hmm. that's fine. Totally different crowd. Right. Right. So what do you think about that idea of going more premium and and not necessarily as old now? Granted, I'm talking about like, again, you talk about this 45 50 plus market there's segmentation even within that right but that's kind of where we've landed because we and one other thing on that and then i'll shut up and let you talk yeah we have customers that come in here that are younger and they are financially stable like we mm-hmm. have a couple that started at one of our gyms recently and they're both in their mid to late 20s they both have they're gainfully employed they were college volleyball players right and now they're married when they come in and do our training, they say, this is awesome. This reminds me of the strength and conditioning I did for college volleyball. Great. Now, again, that's probably lost on someone who didn't just finish college volleyball, but it's not like it's not relevant to those people. Again, it's just the price threshold. They're Mm -hmm. typically not able to, Mm -hmm. to, to buy a $300 a month membership as opposed to just a regular gym membership, or maybe even one of these boot camp models that 's more like one hundred dollars, right, what do you think about that as a market position for a brand like mine?
1: Yeah, I love it. I think it 's great because it it differentiates you from uh, your, the other gyms in the area you know just within a mile of here, there are at least two big boxes that I passed on my drive. Here we have this morning. 50,
0: five zero competitors in our 12 minute drive radius, no which is our competitive radius and that 's most of those are in the studio space. I mean, you know, Atlanta, it's like yeah. high, high income, yeah. low cost of living, creates yeah. a big discretionary gap, and that's very attractive for brands like mine, right? Okay. So okay. there's a lot of competitors around here.
1: So you, what gym owners, studio owners need to be looking for is a way to differentiate themselves, which you do brilliantly, and which one path to that can be by taking the high-end route. But you can also just communicate the idea that you are seeking older people by a number of ways. That's one really smart way. It also pre-qualifies y- your prospects, right? because Right. You're only, that's well, a we way. use that
0: data. like yeah. When we're choosing real estate for franchisees in yeah. certain markets, we use this seven-layer criteria to pick the perfect spot. Yes, it's age and income and population density, but it goes deeper than that. It's like, shopping habits of yeah. our archetype. So yeah. let's put it in a place where there's luxury used car dealerships, where there's wine stores, where there's nice restaurants, right? Because right. those, that same crowd, by the way, frequents those other types of services and establishments.
1: And they spend money on recreation, on shopping, on dining, on golf. I wish I had the stats at the
0: top of my head. Yeah. You're know, saying that hundred yeah. percent. Um, because, and I did a whole presentation on this a couple of years ago for one of the speaking tours yeah. that I'm on. And I had all this relevant data on like how much was spent online and all these things. Yeah. So, you know, people are surprised to hear that, that people in this age category spend like three times as much money online
1: because
0: they're like, oh, these people are old. They're not, you know, they're not digitally savvy. I'm like, that's so not true. And they have the financial wherewithal to buy whatever the hell they want. So they're spending three times more online, right? Their generational wealth is only, the gap is only getting bigger. We learned that certainly from COVID, right? It's like this crowd is, has even more money than ever. Yeah. So you'd be crazy not to ignore it. So, you know, for brands like ours, it's like, all right, this is our niche. This is where we're going to go, um, and we use that from a. We want to attract the right franchisee mm-hmm. and the right end customer, right? Right, and Member. that's a,
1: that's a brilliant way to do it. You're you're killing both those. You're reaching both those goals by putting it forth. You know, in that way. But if somebody's out there listening and thinking, "Well, I don't want to charge three hundred dollars a month, or I'm not a high end studio," there's still ways that they can reach that. I was older about to clientele. say. So, well, yeah, what should yeah. they
0: use? Like, if you're, if if we look at this, um, this market yeah. as even more segmented than than mm-hmm. we look at it, right? Like, we've got our niche. This is where we're going, right? Mm-hmm. How would a gym identify where to fit into this niche? Because there's probably 10 buckets here, right? Like you said, even these age thresholds. So what would you recommend to them?
1: Well, I would recommend, first of all, uh, having some clear key messaging in all of your marketing and all of your content so that it all feels like it's coming from the right.
0: And that's images, like wording, like newsletters, all the things that you're talking about, right? Yeah.
1: You want a consistent voice. Um, sometimes I'll see material from a gym or any business, really, and, and one piece looks like it was written by someone who's, you know, taking some business writing course and trying to use every 25-cent word they can find. And then sometimes I'll read something that looks like it's written by a 14-year-old girl with lots of exclamation points. And then the next And emojis. And then the next thing is, is, you know, is like an encyclopedia. It's like, wait a second, who are you? You know, you, you, you're trying to get me to listen to you, but you clearly don't even know who you are yet. So you need to know who you are, and then you know need to know how you're presenting yourself. And the way you present yourself through your content is through the kinds of content that you provide, and the ways you provide it, and the tone in your material, certain word choices like do not call them silver. Do not call them cute. You know, those kinds of things. Please, please, please don't call them that. Uh, but then also in images, you know, I'll give you an example. If you you don't even have to, people will say, "Well, can I call them active agers? Can I call them mature?" Adults who like to do stuff that uh, they shouldn't be doing, or uh, they, All they that twist themselves. Horrible! It's awful. Right. Just say people over fifty. I say fifty. You might say forty-five, because there is this aspirational idea to it. Some people might say sixty-five, because something magical happens when you're sixty-five. I picked fifty because I think that's a a, a place when we our physical and Social and family lives start to change. That's that's why I picked 50, but you can pick another one. So I just say people over 50. I try to avoid coming up with some silly term for it. I don't like cute in communications. I've always fought against anything that's too cute. Don't give me a kid with chocolate on his face and a puppy licking it off. I just, you know, I just hate that. It's Just tell me what it is. And older people in particular, I don't have a problem with the word older, by the way, if we're talking about it. I wouldn't put it in print, but that's just that's just me. Don't want to be condescended to, so you need to be really careful that you're not condescending to them. They've lived a long time. They've seen you before. They've heard this before. They know that they're supposed to exercise, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they know BS when they see it. So show some respect. You know that you mentioned the idea about not being tech savvy and not spending money online. They are tech savvy. They are online. They do spend money online. More than any other segment. More than any other segment. So these ridiculous stereotypes that keep getting per- perpetuated are to no one's benefit. I don't know who they're helping, but they must be helping someone because we can't get rid of them. Right. But the thing I like most about the point that you make by focusing on it as a premium and that you can charge more money for it is... uh because it shows that this is about business. This is about money. This is about an underserved market that you can grow your business by serving. I'm not doing this because I have a special soft place in my heart for older people. I'm not doing it because my feelings got hurt when I realized no one was marketing me toward me anymore. It's nothing like that. It's just business. It's opportunity. Yeah. It's opportunity. Uh, well, 100%. Like we we got here, like I said, organically.
0: Like We would look around and you can run easy reports that say, what's the average start age of, of a client in our mm-hmm. facilities? And it's like, oh, it's 48. Like, how about that? How yeah, right? about that? So for wh- whatever we're doing, that's who we're speaking to, or we're getting referrals from like-minded people, or we're in an area that's hey, a lot of country clubs and golf around here. And so it's expensive. And so that's who we're going to get, right? Yeah. So if someone needed help, like, I mean, obviously this is what you do, so be, mm-hmm. you know, I want to tell folks where they can get a hold of you but yeah. I think you know you and I could go all day we're both excited about this segment yeah, just yeah, yeah. to your point and I'm glad you brought this up there's no other reason there's no bias because I'm that age I don't care you know I mean when I when I do these t- talks at at these you know different venues you know the people in the audience are typically in their 20s 30s they're just getting started in their business and it's just as relevant to them they're like man this is freaking awesome like that's the crowd that we get and you know why because those people that I'm talking to are typically more personal training facilities not Boot camp, lower right. threshold businesses right, so they already figured this out intuitively. But then when you show them the data, when you really dig into the 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 market size, the you know the metrics around the disposable income and the lack of relevant marketing dollars that are spent there because people swing and miss with silver and gold and right. old and active this and that. I mean, it's it's silly, right? Yeah if a gym or a facility or an owner or a brand was looking to find their segment, right? Like where would be a good place to start to figure out where you want to go? Like, is it premium 50 plus? Is it 65 and older? Is it 84 and older? Because not necessarily from a, from a heart standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a great place to build a business. You Mm -hmm. build a business to solve a problem in a market, right? Right. So where would you think that they should start to to figure out who they need to be?
1: By looking at their market, you said something just a minute ago about Atlanta and, and how we have a high, high income and high standard of living, and there's a lot of uh, money to be made, a lot of money to be spent, right? It's a prosperous community. We're also a pretty diverse community, right? We've got a lot of people of different colors and different backgrounds and you know, different economic options. That's not necessarily true everywhere I have some clients in my business who are in small towns you know where the income levels are not that high and so if, they would
0: need to target a
1: different audience yeah so with they, a different you know, message they need to know what their audience is who their audience is what those needs are what the problem is in their communities because the, some of them might be in, not to stereotype here but maybe then a smaller rural community where to be sixty five it's a, it's a narrower definition than what it means to be 65 in Atlanta, right? Maybe you, you, your recreational opportunities are, are slimmer and your recreational aspirations are, are more narrow, right. but they still want to be catered to in some capacity. And maybe they don't want to spend the money on it for a level of service that Alloy can provide because they don't want that. They don't need that. It doesn't fit their self-image which is the right. like way we could talk all day about meeting someone's self-image, right? You're going to know and what your community's needs best are best, and then how to how to serve them and how to focus on how to focus them. A big mistake I see people making is saying, "Well, I want to do this because this is me, or these are my kind of people, or I want to I want to help these people because I'm just so passionate about them because I love them so much," and all these words about like passion and and I just I think well that's that's nice. Like,
0: you know. I'll laugh at that because you hear that a lot yeah, right like, it's just I love fitness and I just have this passion and you know I want to I want my grandmother to be healthy so I want to open a business right. I'm like ooh that's not the right that's reason not to open the a right business right I mean it, it'll passion will help you work through you know the long hours it's going to take as an yeah. entrepreneur but at the end of the day like that's not why you open a business right Right
1: and so in, in some communities and for some people it might be one set of problems might be another set of problems for others or a certain different bucket of the demographic. You know, maybe we're talking about mostly men. Maybe we're talking about mostly wealthier people. Maybe we're talking about mostly people who are perhaps, um, you know, speak a different language as a first language. Or maybe we're talking about a lot of people who are snowbirds. You know, boy, that's a whole different yep. can of worms, right? Yep. You can go on and on. So you need to know your community and then what is the problem that needs solving and then how can you solve
0: it? You know what I hear through all of this? What's that? If you don't know, contact my buddy Jay <laughs> Croft who will help you yes, identify your market and craft a message that's relevant to that market. So, you know, man, we could go on all day. I'm really glad that we finally got you up here. But yeah, do this cuz yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there that that may listen to this and it reaffirms what they know. Obviously, we've right. been we've been beating this drum for a while. Where can someone get a hold of you if they need help identifying this market and speaking to them relevantly?
1: Absolutely. Uh, my website is PrimeFitContent. It's prime, like the prime of your life, fitcontent.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, and I have a podcast of my own called The Optimal Aging Podcast, so I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. My email is PrimefitContent.com. And you'll notice it's not silver cuties, all these Gold, The
0: goldencuties.com. <laughs> I love that. Hey, speaking of all this stuff, do you want to go do some curls and squat rack when this is over? <laughs> <laughs> go get buff, do some dude stuff.
1: Totally, dude. Yeah. All right.
0: Jay Croft, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming out, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.